Oh, are we in the building? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Turn me up real quick. Turn me up real quick. Turn me up. Turn me up, Turbo. Turn me up, Turbo. We in the building. Turn me up, Turbo. What's going on, everybody? And welcome, welcome, welcome back to another edition, another installment, a new episode of uh, your favorite your favorite podcast, one of your favorite podcasts on these streets, the Black Men Win Podcast, hosted by your boy Tyler Paga. We are here back again with another interview. Very, very excited for this interview right here. Um, definitely a man that I respect. Um, just, just, just as a as a as a human being, as a man, as a black man, and all of the 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 accolades and and skills and traits that he has equipped his belt. But before we get into everything about our, our, our guests that we have on the show, um, I want to say thank you to everybody that continues to watch, listen, and uh, view our podcast. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. And we thank y'all so much. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. You can li- uh, look at the link down below. The TACmedianetwork.com is where you can find this podcast and all of our others. Uh, down below and subscribe to our youtube channel as well all right listen like i said we got a great guest today um producer um educator mentor um i mean legendary dj what 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 else can we say about this guy what what else can we say about this guy right here i mean over 25 years as a professional DJ. Let me let me let me make sure I say that again. Professional DJ. Cause he don't do this for play play. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, aunties and uncles, put your hands together for my guy, my big brother, the one and only DJ Crate What's up, brother? What's up, my guy? You, you hit me with the you hit me with the super intro. I gotta hit you with one of these while you throw them <laughs> horns off. You got one of them. Go ahead, let them them air horns hit again. If you, you give me this intro. What's hey, good, fam? What's good, fam? How are you, brother? Man, I can't complain, brother. Can't complain. I, I Pleasure feel, to be here. Hey, man, we we're we're loving it to have you, man. Uh, first of all, um, before we get into everything. Let the people Let the at home, people at home know, who you know who you are, what you do, what you do and, uh, who and uh, DJ who Crate DJ Digger, uh, Digger uh, is. is. Excuse me. Um, yeah, yeah. So I am DJ Crate Digger, um, a man of many hats, man of many talents. I'm a uh, DJ, a producer, studio engineer, uh, musician, educator, mentor, instructor. And there's probably more. I just tell people my, my plan, my path, my journey, my mission is to improve quality of life using music as the vehicle for that. And then I do that intentionally through a, a hip hop lens or, or through the, the culture of hip hop. But uh, I don't do like any one thing or another thing. I just do a lot of things to to get me from A to B to C to D. So run me a little bit down. Um, oh, I hear an echo. There's oh, that. Right, right. let, let me let me check that. That's, that might be me on the back side. <laughs> no, you could. <laughs> Man, because, um, but talk to me a, a little bit about um, because I read up a lot about you, and I was excited for this interview. Talk to me a little bit about the journey of you getting into hip hop and that professional DJ stage. What was that like? What was wow. That, what was the root value in that? Um, so I guess 
I'll say this, having been born in a time where kind of hip hop became um, the the culture and the language of urban, a.k.a. black folks, among others, but mainly black folks here in the United States, right. um, I kind of came into hip hop. Um, as a as a spectator, because I didn't grow up in, in a, you know, a major city. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, right. um, heart of the Midwest, but uh, specifically like middle school. So we're talking about 1990 ish, give or take. And before anybody tries to do the math and they look at me like, great, you don't look that old. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I know. But just because you don't. Great. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that later. <laughs> but. So I say all that to say, like, in, in 1990s, I'm in middle school, um, and I'm in this drug and alcohol education prevention program for teens. Mm-hmm. And we used hip-hop as a way to engage, you know, our peers and adults as well on the dangers of drug and alcohol use, you know, as teenagers. So we, you know, wrote raps, skits, we had performances, and that's kind of like the first time I was actively engaged in hip-hop. I had seen, oh, wow. you know, videos and heard, like, I had heard and seen all the things that some point before that but that was my first time being engaged mm-hmm. in it in the culture uh jump forward to you know 97 i'm a sophomore at kentucky state university go thoroughbreds um hey. and i just I, I had a great relationship with one of the main djs on campus and kind of just hanging out with him led to me linking up with him and just practicing and and because i had a, a lot of I won't, I won't say a lot but i did have a very full um musical kind of performance background before Mm -hmm. that and we could talk about that a bit later um i came into that those opportunities to be able to physically touch dj equipment Mm -hmm. already with things in my head that i would be like having heard these drums and these this bass line from a different song and think and thinking to myself what what would those sound like together right or knowing um having grown up listening to funk r&b soul like those sample things like oh i know that that's really the sample for that, et cetera. Those ideas I already had in my head Mm -hmm. prior to physically touching DJ equipment. I just tried to get those out. Right. And I understood the tech, the, 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 the basic methods or the basic kind of workings of a mixer. You turn this knob this way. It does that. You turn it that way. I had touched turntables and record players before, whether it was, you know, little, the little record players we had as kids when we was, I was scratching up my Disney 45s as a little kid trying to scratch those or, you know, moving forward to, to, to full size LPs on, on my parents, mm-hmm. uh, stereo system. So all of those kind of satellite experiences in my life came together in that first moment of touching DJ equipment mm-hmm. and the six weeks, you know, after that, where I was hanging out with Sakari's practicing for sometimes six hours a night. Um, and, and I've told this story before, but just for your listeners and, and the people who are watching this, long story, very short. I was a cross-country uh, athlete at Kentucky State. So I would get up at 6 o'clock. We would have first practice at 6. I would have class throughout the day. Mm-hmm. we have a second practice around 2 or 3. Then we would have, like, study table around 7 o'clock. And by 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at the absolute latest, because I was curfew, I was in my dorm, in the dorm room. Right. So basically from si- from 10 o'clock, sometimes until as, as late as 4 o'clock, I would be in Sakari's room just practicing. He would be showing me things. He would fall asleep. I would just be practicing. I would put a tape in, mm-hmm. hit record, and practice, practice, practice. Flip, tape flips, whatever. At some point, I'm like, all right, I'm done for tonight. I take my tape back to my dorm room and put the tape in, and I fall asleep listening to my practice sessions. So I did that almost every night 
for six weeks. And right. on the weekends, I'm hanging out with him, carrying crates, carrying equipment, learning how to plug everything in, kind of just doing those roadie tech things or, or kind of culturally speaking, that's how most DJs started many years ago before there was laptops, before there was kind of controllers. You had to have equipment. You had to know somebody who had equipment. There's all these different things, culturally uh, speaking, that were like the, the, the opening of the doors of the mentorship and all that in terms of learning how to DJ. Mm -hmm. So I did all those things. And my first gig was Friday night of homecoming, 1997. I didn't expect it to be my first gig. I kind of got thrown into it. But wow. as I mentioned, having had That's a huge. performance and music background before that, right. I wasn't like, I wasn't shook. Um, and kind of like 25, 26 years later, I'm here talking to Todd. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and when we talk about, your amazing career we the fact that we're starting off so and i don't want to say so far back but again great you don't look like this is 25 26 years you feel what i'm saying yeah and so, well I, I tell people like and i say this like seriously but but jokingly as well like i don't smoke crack uh so that helps i don't let people drive me crazy you know, I, I, I eat, you know, a little too much sugar and drink a little too much Red Bull. But generally right. speaking, like, I don't right. I don't let people, like, stress me out. So that along with, always, like, if y'all can't already tell, like, I have a very, like, young, energetic, fun-going spirit, generally speaking. So, like, all of those things and then, of course, good genes from my parents. I got to thank them as well. Right. You know, I, I've been able to, to live a life that has been um, relatively... I don't want to say stress-free, but, uh, you know, life can be rough as it is. So, like, I haven't found ways to make it harder than it already is. And then, right. you know, the music and kind of just my lifestyle about being, it, it, you know, just all those things coming together has, has helped me kind of maintain a, a youthful appearance. And it's funny because I actually just did a gig at uh, Kentucky State this past weekend for Homecoming. Oh, wow. And I ran into a lot of folks who were like, you look exactly the same. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't. No, I'm joking. I didn't say that. Oh, but, um. I'm, I'm playing. Hey. I'm playing. But like, but like, I tell people all the time, it's like you know, I, I am blessed to to not look as old as I am, and I try right. to keep an energy and an engagement that is not one of who uh, of someone who's you know 45 years old. Nah, you don't, man. I, I immediately when I heard you over the clubhouse, I'm like, wait, that's 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 creep. Nah, he nah. That's that's not that's not my guy. But going into you know more of the the evolution of you becoming this amazing legendary DJ. When was that first professional gig for you that said, okay, this is it. We're going to do it. What was it? Kentucky state. Was it um, that one or was it a more, let's just say, you know, bigger artists, bigger platform type of thing where you said, okay, this is it. It was like, very stair stepish. So, like in in college, having the ability. So, I'm I'm thinking one time specifically. So, Sakari and I packed up. He used to have one of those Dodge Neons. So, mm -hmm. anybody remember like a, a a mid '90s Dodge Neon, real small car. Mom, we packed up his one. ride with our turntables, mixers, two huge speakers, and we drove from Kentucky State to Winston Salem University mm -hmm. to uh, do a to, to do like a fashion show and a party. Now, the promoter and a lot of the things about the show fell apart, but, like, we did that show and Sauce Money and Lil Zane, if y'all remember those artists. Oh, man, that and a couple Lil other Zane. folks. Oh, my God. Pr 
yeah, performed. So like doing shows like that at other schools or, you know, I was part of, along with Sakari and some other folks, we formed a DJ crew called Most Wanted Crew on campus. Mm -hmm. So we would put on our own events. So like there was these stair steps. So like putting on your own event that's huge at, you know, at a local venue and then putting on a, a show where you bring in and pay a comedian um, the same way student affairs would bring in right, acts, right. we brought in a comedian and did a whole show in the in in the school auditorium, and then did an after party, um, and then you know going to other schools, and then you know once I left school, like doing shows with Eric Roberson or Dwayne or Raheem Devon or you know I could name all these artists over mm -hmm. the years. So it's like stair steps. So like you always see like these kind of milestones. Like you see them as milestones after the fact, but a mm -hmm. lot of times it's kind of like you just a fish in water and you don't like, you can't see the water cause you in it until like after the fact where someone says to you like, yo, you did so-and-so and so-and-so. Right. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, or I met so-and-so or did a show with so-and-so. And like in my mind, it doesn't always click how quote unquote big that is because for me, like those are like they're almost like co-workers like we were brought right. together on a stage to a performance i i did what i did they do what they do and we all kind of move on to the next right um because you're in the industry and in that circle and that sphere of folks there are those times where you're like yo it's really dope that i'm seeing these different artists that that i've heard or i really appreciate their work but in the end i tell people all the time it's like the audience don't care like where you're from or how long you've been DJing or like if you're on stage, they have an expectation of you being dope. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, if I'm on stage, whether I'm next to Grant, you know, Mixmaster Ice or Dougie Fresh or all these other artists I can name who I've done shows with, it doesn't matter to me who's who I'm on that stage with. I have every every bit of confidence and the belief that if I'm on stage with them, I belong there right. and I'm required responsible. And there's an expectation of me to be dope the same way everybody else is dope. Absolutely. Regardless of where I'm from, how long I've been doing this, whether I have a, you know, 150,000 Twitter followers or IG followers, like none of that stuff matters to me no. because in the end, it don't really matter to the people who pay their hard earned money to come see a show. They just want everybody on stage performing to be dope. So they have a great experience. And that's kind of how I've, I've approached it over the years. Um, but like you said, when you just sit down and look at the resume, sometimes I think back like, God, like, this is dope. This is crazy. This yeah, is man. wild. Um, but in the end, it's really just it's just what I do. And it's kind of become second nature to an extent, because in the end, like we all people and right. we all profession. Well, it, generally speaking, we all professionals. Some, some are, are some, more likable yeah. professionals than others. <laughs> but it's like we all people. We all professionals. Nah, and right. We just come here to do a job. Yeah. Facts. Like we when we and, and when you talk about that. I think your professionalism has shined through just just in meeting you and in the short time that I have, um, just how people talk about you and talk of you. Um, the respect that you have amongst the industry is is very well known, um, and it's and it's I'm like yo, you know when you read about Craig Digger, he's he's slew of and he didn't want to flex a little bit, you know what I'm saying? He didn't he didn't want to flex on the artist that he's that he's worked with. You know what I'm saying? But when you look him up, he's worked with a slew. I mean, of artists that I'm like, I listen to. I have their, their um, what I want to say. 
what are these? What are these? The, the um, you got the eight tracks, <laughs> cassettes. Damn there, damn there. The uh, what are these? The vinyls. I have their vinyls. Yeah, yeah. Like you, yep. you've worked with countless artists. Can you talk to us a little bit when we talk about the profession of DJ and what that looks like? Because in a sense, you are an entrepreneur, right? So absolutely. <clears throat> talk about some of the ebbs and flows that comes with that especially you doing this and knowing this you know in the 90s when that was kind of frowned upon in a sense of being a full-time job yeah um so there's a lot of like components to that Mm -hmm. um so i guess what i'll say of the things that i feel are most important like for me professionalism professionalism isn't something like outward or for other people right it just it just shows up as professionalism because of the standards that I have set for myself in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I spoke about this recently in, a, in, a, in an article. Um, like I was raised a certain way. I was I had expectations and responsibilities and accountability in how I was raised. So it became habitual. Mm-hmm. So as I apply that to sports, whether I apply that to trying to figure out why my car ain't starting apply that to djing applying that to like those habits are applied across the board and they just show up in this space as professionalism sometimes unfortunately that's because djing is seen as kind of like this thing that anybody can do it can get you famous it can get you likes it can get you girls and get you guys it can get you the bag it's a hustle and i'm not saying that any of those things are wrong or bad per se Mm -hmm. but like for me, DJing is my profession. Mm-hmm. It's what I do to pay bills and to feed my my family, and it's also like a a culture. Like DJing hip hop, specifically hip hop DJing. Like there's a subculture, so there's a whole it other is. element to it, right. whether I make another dollar in my life to it or not. So like all of those things influence how I engage people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once again, as any entrepreneur, especially if you're you know. Depending on what you do, making sure that people ain't trying to take advantage of you. You got to have your money right, your your paperwork right, mm-hmm. and all these things. And I don't say that from a um, from a, a perspective of having always known. I tell people oh, wow. all the time, like I I I was, I want to say almost seven years into DJing, mm-hmm. between seven and ten years into DJing before I fully understood that I was a business. I always knew I was an artist and I always knew that I had, you know, was writing contracts and getting paid and all that. Mm-hmm. But I never really imagined myself or saw myself as a business until almost seven to 10 years into DJing. Right. But because once again, of those standards that I set for my life that showed up in and showed up when I was somewhere to DJ, the Crate Digger brand was very strong. Right. So when I when I came around to understanding I was a, a, a business I had a brand that was already in a good space versus me having to kind of clean up, um, you know, clean out the roaches, so to speak, and try to 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 rebrand myself as a business because my brand was strong. So just kind of me understanding I was a business, everybody else theoretically was like, yeah, duh, welcome to, you know, welcome to reality. (laughs) Right. But I say all that to say, like, you know, it's an amazing thing it's fun it, it it there's so many different ways i can talk about djing or or just being an artist or creative regardless mm-hmm. of what that how that shows up but in the end like it's still a job like the same way you go to work mm-hmm. you work your 40 hours talk to or them. however many hours you work when you get paid you want the right amount of 
uh, hours to be paid and you like all of these things that we expect from regular jobs. Yep. Like we expect that as creatives too. We have to go about it a different way. And once again, sometimes because creativity is, is it's funny. Sometimes creativity kind of is this like both, both sides of the fence, but neither one of them wins type yep. of thing in yep. the context of like a lot of people can say they're not creative. So they see creativity and the ability to be artistic or an artist right. as like this, this kind of fairy or magical skill set you have. And they see because you have this magical skill set that everything else in your life must be magical cool. and just, <laughs> ah, and that's bullshit, and, quite right, honestly. Yeah, facts. But on the flip side, people see because, or some people think because you have this creative or artistic out, outlet or whatever, mm-hmm. it's not like real. So even my parents at some point, like once again, I went to college with no intention of ever becoming a DJ. I didn't even go to college to with the intention or expectation of learning how to DJ. What when was, I started what, learning how to DJ, I didn't do it to become a DJ. So when I actually was working a real quote unquote real job, mm-hmm. but DJing more and more, my parents still didn't understand like how legit or professional I was in the context of DJing being a job. And then one time they came out to one of my gigs and kind of just, just not saw just saw you. how people liked what I did. But I think they kind of saw what I did in a different light. And then once again, you know, my mom will go to this jazz fest or this concert or whatever. And she's seeing these artists at these art at these different Mm -hmm. events. And she's starting to see me doing shows with those same artists. So it kind of was an evolution of mindset, an evolution of perspective. But back to, to my main point is like people see it as this thing that's not a real job. So they don't treat it like it's real. They don't treat it like it's legit. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have people who, you know, say, well, I only need you to DJ for three hours. So I should be able to pay you like $20 an hour for three hours. And I'm like, nah, that's like, this is not not like, yeah, like, so just (laughs) under, and then there's people who be like, well, you know, it's just a thing. It's not real. So there's no rules to it. So I can just hop in and do it my way. It's like, there's just so much to it. And I don't say that from a perspective of what's right or what's wrong, but I, I, at the same time, I understand like your why determines your how. Right. And a lot of people get into it for whatever reason they get into it, and that's how they approach it. And then other people see that and think that's the thing, as opposed to seeing that there's different ways to do it. So we talk about podcasting. Some people get into podcasting because they're journalists, and that's their outlet for journalism. Some people get into podcasting because they have something to say and they want to share it. Some people get into podcasting because it gets some phone numbers and it gets some girls or guys or whatever. So like whatever it gets mm-hmm. people into it, that's how they engage it. But I can't say because Ty did it this way, that's the way that everybody else should do it and treat everybody else that same way. And, and being a DJ all these years, that's one thing we still fight against. It's like people know whatever DJ or DJs they know. And kind of br- paint the broad brush about all DJs should are or should be the way this DJ that I know is, or this DJ or these group of DJs, and it's like anything else. It's 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 wide, and you'll come across people who are very professional and very on top of things, and some people who will show up forty five minutes late for your wedding and left some cords at home, mm. and you, so there's the gamut, and you know in the end you got to decide like as a whether it's a consumer, whether it's a fan, whether it's as a someone who's looking to to procure services you got to make the decisions and and understand what you're getting into the same way you do research when you're buying a car buying a house 
getting a dog. Like you got to understand what you're getting yourself into mm-hmm. and, and all the things around that. And I know I said a lot because there's so many parts and kind of like I said, there's so many satellite influences to it. Mm-hmm. But um, in the end, it's like I I show up how I show up for myself every day is how people is how I show up in, in terms of being an artist and people right. see that um, and then they kind of make whatever um, con- take whatever conclusions from that and ideally I have a I won't say ideally but I guess thankfully humbly I'll say I've had a track record of that consistency um, so people kind of know what they're going to get when they they hit crate dig up right right I understand that so when do we do we get and I guess this is my question, personal question. Can we get a 25-year anniversary mixtape from Crate Digger? So, yes and no. Because, I mean, here's the thing. Crate Digger, if y'all didn't know, celebrated 25 years in DJing. You understand what I'm saying? Last year. Right? So... So, so when we talk about that, you know what I'm saying, it's been over 25 years, going on 26 now. He's still doing amazing gigs. He's still killing it out here on these streets. And it's just like, as he said, the Crate Digger brand is solid. It's, it's, it's known. When can we expect? Because I just had Al. I just had Al Pete on the show. Yeah, yeah, I just had, yeah. I just Al Pete on Shout Out. And you know Al Pete, he an artist, artist, too. He a rapper, rapper. I told him he a rapper, rapper. I didn't even know that. So yeah, Al's, Al's nasty. Al's nasty. I was like, oh, okay. I, I'm, all right, Al, I, I got you on Apple Music. So, <laughs> so when can we expect, like, a mix, a Crate Digger mix, a 25th anniversary mix, Something when is Craig Digger coming to New York? Craig Digger in New York. Um, so so to your question, um, <laughs> I did not do a like a full fledged I've been DJing twenty five years mix. Yeah. But last year I did release a, a mixtape called uh, Beyond the Coast. Um so if you go All to right. CraigDigger.com and hit that music tab, uh the mix is there. Um it features a lot of newer vibes, so right. it's kind of like the concept was like if you're going from whether it be East Coast or West Coast, and then you're going out into the water to you know whether you want to just go out on a boat, hit an island, or you just want to go. But it was kind of like going out out off 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 land. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I dropped that last year. Um, I still live stream. I still do you know oh, lots of, course, of different yeah. shows. So like you're always content is always available right um but for me for for several reasons i I just didn't feel like doing a i don't even know what the 25 year anniversary gift is but (laughs) whatever that gift is i just didn't feel it just didn't the vibe (laughs) wasn't right you know i get it no i get it i get it but um um, but but to your question um like come actually later this week i'll be in uh brooklyn for the empire um state music festival so I'll be in Brooklyn uh, October 6th through the 8th. Okay. Um, I'll be there uh, with with this artist named Drip the Don. Um, and then I'll be in South Carolina, North Carolina with Drip the week after that. Um, linking up with my C4 fam at uh, Afros and Audio. Um, so I can, you know, we can, yeah, we can talk music and, and we're going to check out my man Al on the tables for that. And then we'll be in um, 
I think Syracuse later in the month. So like month of October, um, we on the road heavy. But with that being said, between my YouTube, between the website, between mm-hmm. the SoundCloud, mm-hmm. MixCloud, um, when I hop on Twitch, like there's there's plenty of stuff out there. So whether you want an old school mix, or some new stuff, or kind of some of the stuff that's really you know the core of my brand, um, it's all out there. Um, but for for the right price, man, hit up CrateDigger.com. Go to the bottom of the homepage. There's an inquiry, like a, a booking sheet. Hit me with an email, and if we if 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 we I'm a, I'm I, I studied accounting. If we can get the the, the balance sheet, <laughs> we you know, the, the numbers, right. ma- if the yeah, numbers if we get match. the numbers right, anything yes, is possible. You know, I've, yes, sir. I've been to Argentina. I've been to Cabo, and you know, so we'll travel we'll dj and travel for for you know now, so Corey, before we get out of here i got i got a couple more questions for you what when is your busiest season because is this your busiest season like homecoming season is that your busy I've, I've always wanted to ask that question to a dj of your caliber when is your busiest season for you is it this so, season is it homecoming um, season not for me honestly it is like the busy busiest is really Memorial Day to Labor Day. But with that okay. being said, it that's just D, that's just performance. Like we're right. not even talking about, you know, what I do as a musician. Um, cause you know, I work at Ohio State University with the uh, Department of Dance with you know, so that's year round when semesters right. is in. I have classes with as a musician. You know, I also do production, so I'm we're actually working on two productions now, two uh, two separate stage plays that I'm doing composition and production for. Wow. Um, Quiet is kept. I'm working on some stuff that I'm gonna shoot to Al Pete because Al Pete um, got bars. So like, when you talk yeah, for you me, do. once again, you know, back to your first, very first question. Depending on what hat I'm wearing determines kind of what the the, the, the kind of cycle, yeah, the cycle gotcha. of the years look like. Okay. But as a DJ, it's really here in the Midwest because of weather and some other things like mid-April after like or late March, early April, spring breakish time mm-hmm. until uh, really until New Year's is oh, like okay. the core. Now, you know, when, when you go back to, so after Labor Day, when it's going back to school, it dies down a little bit because, you know, football season starts, cheerleading season, right, people going back right, to school, parents right. got stuff to do, blah, blah, blah. But then it picks up for uh, Halloween, picks up for Thanksgiving, you know, families in town for Black Friday, and then holiday, you know, people having holiday parties and, and all that. So it kind of does a little drop down and then picks up again December through New Year's and like after New Year's Eve. Things don't die, but it, it definitely right. kind of falls off a bit until the weather kind of warms up a bit, you know, that mid-late March time frame. Got you. Talk to us a little bit about um, just, your, just your teaching and your mentor aspect of um, the musicianship of, of you. Um, like you said, you mentioned, you know, you, you are an educator with um, the Ohio State University. You feel me? Shout out to them. Um, and you're producing and, um, you know, putting in production plays so just talk a little bit about you transitioning and you know how the kind of the door of 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 djing has opened so many kind of outlets you know for you to do so much and use your gift and your talent to kind of bring it to the world in that in that aspect yeah once again you know my my mission and my overarching mission is to improve the quality of life and I use music as the vehicle for that. Absolutely. So, you know, whether it's 
you know, DJing a performance and giving somebody an experience as a DJ, whether it's producing something that's used as part of a stage play, mm-hmm. um, whether it's taking my knowledge over the many years, because uh, once again, a lot of times when I was really learning, especially learning production and, and, and engineering, mm-hmm. like YouTube wasn't a thing. So like either either had to make a lot of mistakes and I fried my share of keyboards and and circuits and all that and blown mics and all speakers and all right, that kind of stuff, right. making mistakes. But I say all that to say, like all of these, all of the experience I've had over these many years, um, I don't have no reason to just sit on that. Um, and it doesn't is. I don't mean this in a cocky way, but it's like me helping anybody doesn't doesn't have nothing to do with how good I I am or will continue to be. Absolutely, like me keeping somebody else from knowing how to better set up their recording system. Mm-hmm. Don't have nothing to do with the work that I do as an engineer. Mm-hmm. Me showing somebody how to use Serato in a way that they may not have been aware doesn't have nothing to do with me being a great DJ. Right. Um, so, so like sharing knowledge, sharing information, and also understanding like when I was in my teens, like mm-hmm. in the mid 90s, some people don't remember or don't know, like people would go in front of Congress and testify about how hip hop was going to be the downfall of uh, U.S. Yeah, I used society. to watch all the documentaries about that. Like, yep. like the same way they talk about Al-Qaeda and, mm-hmm. and all these other things that are going to be detrimental to U.S. And, and our country, hip-hop used to be one of those topics. And now I tell people all the time, especially if you have technology, you could, and, and I use this example a lot in schools just because it's applicable, but like if you're in high school or even in middle school, and you get picked on or whatever. Right. You get pushed in in a locker. And somebody closes you in a locker. If you got your phone inside that locker, mm-hmm. you can write, record, produce, design the cover for, release an album, set up your website to sell it, get the money sent to your bank account, and plan a tour and all these things with just your phone. That's a you don't have to have a record deal. You don't have to have a studio. Canva. You don't have to have all these other things that... Technology didn't allow for many years ago. Right. So if just a phone can allow people to elevate, emancipate, and find freedom, whether it be financial freedom, artistic freedom, creative freedom, uh, just an outlet, even if it's just hobby, like why wouldn't I want to share that information? Or why wouldn't I want to let people know that this is real? People may not understand that, like 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 my parents, like this can be a real job. Right. Where if you don't want to be a performer, there are still performers who need people to make sure that their travel plans are right. Mm-hmm. They need people to make sure that the promoters of these events are on top of things or their tech writers are right or all these other things that are ancillary jobs to performers and to creatives, even for people who don't see themselves as the front of the front facing kind of artist. Right. Um, so like being able to share that knowledge, share that information or help people understand that that's something that's real or even if it's just seeing a black guy from East Haven doing these things with these folks that we see on BT or MTV or on TikTok or wherever mm-hmm. you see these stars, like this kid from around the corner engages with them. Right. So, you know, once again, that's kind of how I came into hip hop fr- from a participatory space through the community. And I've always felt that through community is how, you know, everything that, that we've built, whether it be from a cultural uh, sense you know, or or even to a more spiritual sense, like us coming together and doing all those things will help raise the floor. And if we raise the floor, 
that means we can raise the ceiling. Absolutely. Come on. That's DJ Cray Digger right there. Come on. <laughs> Listen, Cray, we got one last question for you. Um, what does black men win mean to you? When you hear that phrase um, off the top of the dome, what does that mean to you? Um, so it's funny that you asked because when I heard you ask Al this question, I thought to myself, like, damn, what does that mean to me? <laughs> and it's somewhat, it's somewhat similar to what he said. It's like there are times where, quote, unquote, black men mm-hmm. are misunderstood, mm-hmm. not because they themselves are misunderstood, but because they don't represent what, quote, unquote, black men are supposed to look like or supposed to be. Right. So there's this fight that you know, this type of black man or this type of black man or all these things about what or how black men are supposed to show up or look like or whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. So to me, black men win means as a black man, you show up authentically as who you are, how you are. Absolutely. Now that may not always be positive. And I, you know, and I I mean that in the sense of like, none of us, nobody's perfect. So, Showing up authentically may ruffle some feathers. Right. Showing up authentically may not be what's in. But Mm. once you show up and if you're made aware that like, yo, the culture has moved past that. Do what you got to do to grow. Move past it. Right. If you come into the space and seen as as a leader or someone who can help move the move, move the, 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 the community forward. Like, you don't have to sit in that space of being better than or whatever. Just take on the reins and the responsibility and that accountability of pulling your community forward. And ideally, the reciprocity will show up. Right. But I say all that to say in the end, like, just being who you are, how you are, regardless of what that looks like on somebody else. Absolutely. Amen to that, Craig. Come on now. Let's give a, let's give a, a of praise, can we? Before you go, let the people know again what you got coming up, uh, where they can follow you, where they can get your music from, where they can, you know, look you up and DJ, where we can find you, you know, on the Twitches, on the YouTubes, on the CrateDiggers.coms and all of that good stuff. Uh, let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, yeah. So I say uh, 24-7, 365. You can go to CrateDigger.com, K-R-A-T-E-D-I-G-G-A, CrateDigger.com, CrateDigger.com, CrateDigger.com. On the website, we got music, we got visuals, we got tutorials, we have the merch store, we got a documentary, and more. Um, so if you start at CrateDigger.com, that is kind of like the portal or the the, the step through, the uh the wardrobe, so to speak, to Narnia of Crate Digger and the universe that is um, that I, I inhabit. If you're on IG, and once again, I'll tell you, I, I'm 40. I can't even do, I don't even know the math anymore. COVID done messed my, my, my math all up. <laughs> but I think I'm 40, I'm 45 right now. So I know I don't look it. I'm old enough to not remember how old I am. So maybe we'll talk about that later. But I'm on IG as at Crate Digger. Uh, I'm no longer on... Twitter, a.k.a. X, 
aka whatever they be doing over there. I'm not over there, but I'm a hilarious guy. So if you go to Twitter or X or whatever they call it, until my profile is taken off because I'm not paying him no money, I can just go through <laughs> like all of the great, funny, and sometimes insightful things I've said over the past 15 years, give or take, on Twitter. Um, where else am I on? I'm on... I don't know. I feel like I'm on other stuff. I'm on Facebook a little bit. I'm on LinkedIn. So if you're looking to do some professional engagement, hire me. Um, speaking, I've done TEDx and some other things as well. So like, if you want to talk to me on a more professional level, feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitch from time to time. DJ Crate Digger on Twitch. But um, I say all, I say all that to say, just go to CrateDigger.com. Uh, if you go there, you can find me anywhere. If you go to the bottom of the homepage, I have an inquiry booking tab. So if you have questions, concerns, whatever, it's basically just an open um, open forum to hit me with an email. But once again, CraigDigger.com. CraigDigger.com. A lot of y'all still work from home, too. So if you um, drink your <coughs> coffee out of a mug, you might as well do it out of a Crate Digger mug. There you so go. when you're getting blitzed at, at that uh, meeting, that, that should have been an email because you're sitting in front of your computer at home, um, do it in a crate digger mug. There you go. And listen, make sure that y'all, again, go to CrateDigger.com. We got it right here in our little ticker right below. You feel what I'm saying? You can see it right there. So check out the website, Crate. We appreciate you again. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. I got to I got, I got use that. <laughs> you, so, so real quick, the way you lit up. The intro for Al, uh-huh. I knew it was like when I'm on there, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta give him something. When he hears them air horns, <laughs> I, I, I gotta meet that energy. And the energy was met, man. We appreciate you so much, brother. We thank you so much, and uh, we thank you. I might have to come, come see you. You said October sixth through the eleventh, right? You, you at yeah. Brooklyn? Uh, sixth through the eighth. So Friday, sixth Saturday, Sunday. Really, Friday, really Sunday. Friday and Saturday. I, I fly in huh. early and fly out early, so. Uh, I'll hit you up, man. We'll, right, we'll try to figure do, out. Yeah, I'll just be let in, me know. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah. Because yeah, we we trying Brooklyn, to get out the house. Yeah, we trying to get out the house. So definitely, uh, Craig. We appreciate you for coming through, and to everybody else, listen. Thank y'all for watching and listening. You appreciate. I appreciate y'all so much. Uh, be sure to like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. You can find us on Amazon Music. You know, with all your Alexas and everything, you can find us on Spotify. Google Podcast, which Google Podcast is now about to integrate with YouTube. So um, in 2024, so now it's just about to be YouTube Podcast. So integrate over there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wherever you listen to us, you can find us there. And we're here also um, on the um, on the YouTubes. And you can find all of our shows and more at the TAC Media Network. Uh, find this show and more. And we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. And this has been another one. <laughs> We out. Peace, love, and hair grease. I will see y'all on the next one. Love y'all.